Isn't it amazing how a couple of different things can lead to a team finally going on a little run? We discuss signs of life from Ryan Hartman and a new combo on the second line today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we will talk about Ryan Hartman's resurgence and why for him it was as simple as avoiding going to the penalty box. We'll also talk about the Jewel Erickson Eck, Matt Boldy, and Adam Beckman line, which has done everything but score over the last few games. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and today's episode of Locked on Wild brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So the Wild beat in order the Dallas Stars, the Nashville Predators, and the Los Angeles Kings. How'd they do it? Well, we have talked all season about the Wild needing to find some other players that could give them something in the goals department other than Kirill Kaprizov, other than Matt Boldy, other than the usual suspects. And there has been a new entrance into that secondary scoring category here this season. That, of course, Ryan Hartman. Hartman was expected to be one of those guys at the beginning of the season. We all know what happened there. Uh, Penalties, turnovers, frustration, injury as well. And um, it finally looks as though he's starting to return to that form from last year. I think the Devils game was the turning point. Hartman had 17 penalty minutes in that game. He fought. He got a um, game misconduct penalty uh, during that one as well. And it really seemed like that was kind of the frustration boiling over point for him because what has happened since... And even in that game against the Devils, he uh, he did score a goal in that one, despite the uh, 17 penalty minutes. But what has happened since? Hartman has not once, not once, taken a penalty in the five games since the Devils game, and he has three goals scored in that span. Had two against the Los Angeles Kings including the second goal of the game where he basically just skated up towards the net and just let one rip. And I find it interesting that during the intermission interview, Hartman was pretty point blank about the fact that this team needs to get, in his words, less cute and to just shoot the puck more. And so Hartman taking that into his 
taking his words into action and uh, helping the Wild pick up that huge win against the Kings is, uh, I think, further validation that we have seen Hartman finally get past some of that frustration from early in the season. And, you know, he's not going to get to those levels of scoring that we saw last year, just with the amount of time that has passed and currently at, uh, I believe, nine goals on the season right now. But for Hartman, the case is going to be, what does he do the rest of the way? The Wild have about 20 games left in the season. Um, And so can he get to eight nine, ten more goals the rest of the way. That would be a torrid stretch. So can he get somewhere between six and eight goals the rest of the way here um, to help Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello as that top-line combination? That'd be huge for this team down the stretch. The month of February so far for those three guys. Kirill Kaprizov has six goals in the nine February games so far. Matt Zuccarello has a goal and also seven assists in those uh, February games also. And Hartman now, he had two goals going into the uh, game against the Kings, adds two more. And so in nine February games for Hartman, he's got four goals. So the numbers for that top line are starting to get to where they are looking pretty darn good for what you would expect for your top line. And it's still going to be the same story the rest of the way, is that as that line goes for this um, Minnesota Wild team, so goes the team. And now updating those numbers, Kaprizov with six goals and eight points in nine February games, Zuccarello with a goal and seven assists, eight points in nine February games. Ryan Hartman now four goals, two assists, and six points in nine February games. Biggest part of all of that is that they each are in positive territory here in the month. Kirill is plus two, Zuccarello is plus one, and Hartman is a plus three here so far in the month of February. So that top line starting to look more like what we saw from the top line last season. And with this team trying to get every point they can between now and the rest of the season, that top line getting things going, and Hartman especially, playing disciplined hockey is going to serve this team incredibly well. Uh, down the stretch. Now, what that means for Hartman beyond this season, it, it is so fascinating over the course of the ebbs and flows of a season, how opinions can change and uh, how things can go from really not great at all to seeing some signs of life, some signs of hope that things have turned, uh, particularly in Hartman's case. So, I would imagine he is lesser on the needs to be moved from the roster um, discussion than he was, and especially with his current contract. Uh, I would imagine that he is going to be somebody that sticks around, and especially if he has a good stretch to finish the season, 
then he definitely would be somebody that sticks around past this year. And if it truly was just some things at the beginning of the year that were were not going right, frustration with not scoring at the same level as last year, and now that Devils game was just all the frustration coming up to the surface, and now it's out of the system. If that's the case, then I think rightfully so. Hartman has earned the ability to try to just consistently continue to produce next year and beyond. Now, that top line getting to where all three guys are chipping in on a nightly basis has been huge, but also the emergence of another line that maybe hasn't scored yet together, but they've done everything else to help push things on offense. We'll talk about that new second-line combo that has paid dividends as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA and the NHL seasons are over halfway through, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, the NHL, and LockedOn. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL podcast to get a full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Locked On NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. So the first line is uh, getting consistent contributions for all three guys here over the uh, last handful of games and particularly here in the month of February. But it's always been a need for this team to have another line that has been able to generate chances. Brett Marshall, friend of the show, host of Sound the Foghorn, did a solid for those that wanted to talk about this very topic. In putting the numbers together for the new combo, relatively new combo since Marcus Foligno went on injured reserve, of Matt Boldy, Jewel Erickson and Adam Beckman. Brett tweets, the sample is small, but so far this season when Matt Boldy, Jewel Erickson and Adam Beckman have all been on the ice together, they've played 31 minutes, 49 seconds together, zero goals for, but zero goals against, 20 to 9, the shots advantage in favor of Boldy, Erickson and Beckman, a 40 to 20 shot attempt advantage, which is a 66.7% Corsi 4 percentage, and what do we know about Corsi 4 percentage? That is the percentage of the time that you are possessing the puck out on the ice uh, at any given moment. And so two-thirds of the time 
And you can extrapolate this to the course of uh, an average NHL game. Two-thirds of the time, with that line on the ice, they have the puck. And also a 71% expected goals share. The situation there, 71% of the time when a goal is scored, it's going to be by that line when they are out there on the ice together. Those are great numbers. Props to Brett for uh, putting those together so we were able to share them here for you to help me illustrate my point in that we have seen the combination of Matt Boldy, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, and Adam Beckman in this case uh, really doing a good job of generating chances. Now let's talk about what goes into that situation because there are a couple of things that have allowed the Wild to make this switch. And I think as important as it is to get Matt Boldy going, I think we have seen also a willingness to move Jewel eriksson from simply a force on that checking line, force on the grief line in this case, to allow him to play more of an offensive role. I think he definitely deserves the opportunity to do that. We've talked about Erickson X season in the past. He's on pace for another career year for him. And basically like clockwork, he just improves in every statistical area uh, from season to season. So very glad that he's getting the opportunity to be more... Uh, to use more of his offensive skill set in addition to what he brings to the ice in a defensive manner as well. And it just seems like him and Matt Boldy have had some really solid chemistry together since they have been paired with each other. Maybe not Kirill and Zuccarello levels yet, but those guys just work. Those guys just work together, and you put an element on that line with them, whether it be Adam Beckman, whether it be Sammy Walker being paired with Matt Boldy earlier in the season, and that line just seems to have bounce, it seems to have juice, and it leads to even having Brandon Duhame on that line earlier in the season before Adam Beckman was called up, and by earlier in the season, like a week ago, before Adam Beckman got the call. Just having somebody that is aggressive and isn't afraid to shoot the puck, that's, I think, the most impressive thing about what Beckman brings to the table, and it's just the tip of the iceberg of what he brings to the table, is he is not afraid to shoot. He, as we saw on the power play goal that was taken away against the Kings, he's got some good handles and good moves right in front of the net, too. And so having a guy like that on this line that can shoot the puck, that can drive towards the net. Also, you look at what Jewel Eriksson brings to the table and maybe one of the best guys on this team in driving to the net and uh, being able to get in front of the goalie for deflections or just simply to run interference or to screen the goalie. He is a very good fit in that role too. So we're seeing in addition to the top line being able to start to really um, consistently carry this team. We're also seeing a second line that has been able to generate chances. Now the goals haven't been there yet, 
which obviously at the end of the day, all of this that we're saying about the second line being able to generate chances, generate opportunities, that's all well and good except for the only part of it that really matters, which is scoring goals. But I think with what we have seen from this team at points throughout the season where they've struggled to generate offense, they've struggled to generate chances, I think even having that as a base and trusting that the more that they do, the more that they generate opportunities, the more that they hold the zone, trusting that the scoring then will come, I think is the approach to take with that line. The Wild are going to have a big decision when Marcus Foligno is ready to return off of injured reserve. Doesn't sound like it's going to be Thursday, maybe... Friday, but probably more like Sunday or into next week. And so Adam Beckman will travel with the team, and until Felino returns, I would imagine he's going to play. But Brett further elaborates, and this is the uh, the way that I wanted to kind of finish talking about this second line. Brett tweets, I know the Wild are likely to send Beckman back down when Felino is ready to come back. But in Brett's opinion, they should explore other options like waving Sam Steele, and benching one of Greenway, Reeves, or Shaw. Well, I think there is a guy who has yet to have that happen this year that is certainly worthy of it, uh, Jordan Greenway. And look, it's it's kind of a, a double-sided coin here because we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. And if you are indeed going to find a buyer for Jordan Greenway, you have to showcase him. You have to showcase that he's healthy. You have to showcase signs of life to be able to get somebody to take on that contract and to move him off the roster. So doing what doing healthy scratching Jordan Greenway with only a few games left until the trade deadline, could have the same effect that it had on Matt Dumba, as Michael Russo alluded to back when the um, last handful of games in the Wild were in a spiral. That it just seemed like a weird time to bench a guy to tank his trade value and to cause some other problems other than simply just sending a message. So, okay. If you want to continue to just see what Jordan Greenway can show you between now and the trade deadline, that's fine. But if we're going to then come down to somebody else getting a uh, healthy scratch on that roster, if if Felino's coming back, he can give you some of the same physicality that Ryan Reeves can. So probably then you would go back to Ryan Reeves. It just it, it it goes back to this whole idea that this team is currently battling with in that the lineup is clicking right now as it is. And so it's hard to make compelling cases for changes considering that they now have found a lineup that seems to do mo- what they need to have done to pick up wins. And even with Felino, um, not part of that. Obviously, Felino is a guy that you want to have in the lineup when healthy. 
So you run out of you run out of spots to take a guy out because the guys that would be potential candidates to be taken out maybe being showcased for trades at the deadline. So that is going to be an interesting one because it's the same situation that we had with Sammy Walker where you see a line look really good and then all of a sudden now you're going to remove a player from the equation and also you put Felino in Greenway's spot. Freddie Goudreau and Brandon Duhame have shown that they are capable of being a physical checking line if you want something similar to what the grief line did over the last couple of years without really having to rock the boat. So that's I, I, I fully agree with Brett. I just I don't see a compelling reason to yank Beckman from the lineup even though that's likely what's going to happen. And so it's it's a predicament for this team because offense has been the issue all season, and uh, now all of a sudden you're going to take a guy out of the lineup that has given you a little bit of that offense. Uh, to finish today's episode, we will talk about some of the recent trade speculation for this team. They may be adding a forward to the mix. And so we'll talk about that as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked on NHL Prospects show to get all of the names that will be part of the 2023 NHL Draft, as well as prospect rankings by organization. Locked on NHL Prospects is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Is Brock Besser to Minnesota starting to get a little bit of life? Well, in the latest update from The Athletic, Joe Smith and Michael Russo talking about the Vancouver Canucks giving Brock Besser's agent permission to talk to other clubs. They want to get him moved off the roster. Minnesota seems like the most likely destination to do it. There are uh, salary cap issues with that idea because Besser has term on his contract beyond this season. And so if we look at the cap hit for uh, Brock Besser here over the next couple of seasons, you'll see what I'm talking about. Besser is currently signed for $6.65 million this year. Now, obviously, that'd be prorated because we are well into the season. But he has a $6.65 million cap hit next year and the year after. With the Parisi Suter contracts, that makes it tricky for the Wilds to try to bring a player of that caliber onto the roster without having major ramifications on the things that they want to do, which should include an extension for Philip Gustafson first and foremost. And as I will continue to beat the drum for, as the president of his fan club, an extension for Brandon Duhame should also be part of that mix. So 
Are you going to be able to do that by taking on the full weight of the Brock Besser contract? No, you are not. And so now there are efforts being made to try to skim some of that salary off to allow the Wild to not have to absorb the full weight of that Besser contract over the next two seasons. A broker, as it were, just like the Minnesota Wild were in the Ryan O'Reilly trade, although this a team that would need to do it for next year and the year after. Now, if you look at it this way too, if you were to move Jordan Greenway, that would offset a portion of that salary. That would offset $3 million of that Besser salary. And so what do you do for the rest? Do you have the Vancouver Canucks eat 50% of that salary or even 20 25% of that salary? It would seem that to make it work, the Wild would have to pony up a little bit of a higher package in return for the Canucks absorbing a portion of that salary and then maybe another team getting involved to do what the Wild did against Ryan for Ryan O'Reilly by taking a portion of those final two years themselves. And then you're sending a prospect to them for their efforts also. If that ends up being how it's done, I think you then look at a top six that is pretty well set. You then go with Kaprizov going into the start of next season. Let's just say they let's just say they pull the trigger. Let's say they do it. Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello would be your top line going into next season. A lot can change between now and then, but that'd be what you would be starting with. And a second line of Boldy, Besser, and Eric Sinek, which it would be interesting to see how that would play, but obviously with what we've seen from Beckman, with what we've seen from Sammy Walker, you know that even just having somebody that is a playmaker on that line helps Matt Boldy and is a good fit for Jewel Eriksonek as well. Besser's a proven NHL talent. Yes, his numbers are down this year, and we talked at length about the pros and cons of training for Brock Besser. And so going back to that, if salary is off, if you are able to agree to a return that's not a backbreaker, you know, if you're not dealing some of your premier prospects to make that happen, if you're saving your first-round pick, things along that line. If you're saving a lot of that and you get a guy in Besser who can come in for the next couple of seasons and just give you some solid help in that top six, I would not be opposed to that type of deal. But again, there are a lot of variables that would have to be taken care of in order to make that workable. So is it going to happen? I would say considering the update, they're trying to make something happen. But at the end of the day, um, I would put it as less likely. But then again, 
we like a week ago were saying that the uh, the Wild should be sellers, and I'm still not. I, I haven't gotten to the. I'm I'm not trying to spin this as the last three games have moved the Wild into Stanley Cup contenders. That's that's preposterous. They're not Stanley Cup contenders this year. No. But if you make a little bit of an outside-the-box swing and you could bring in a guy like Brock Besser, get rid of a Jordan Greenway-type contract, I'm willing to listen on that potential. And so I guess we'll have to see how that plays out. I would be more amenable to that than the most highly rumored player that is linked to the Minnesota Wild that we'll talk about probably tomorrow, Patrick Kane. So if Besser ends up being the route they go, then depending on the return, I'll probably be pretty agreeable to that. I just think there are a lot of hurdles for that to happen, and so I'm just I'm going to put it as less likely that, uh, that the Wilds go that route. But we'll see. There's still some time between now and the deadline, so we'll keep an eye on it, and uh, if it does happen, if it doesn't happen, we'll have reaction either way. That will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you swing over to the Lockdown NHL podcast to get all of the latest news from the National Hockey League, all free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, just like Lockdown Wild is. So make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platforms on YouTube, on social media as well. We have all sorts of content on game days and throughout the week as well. So make sure you follow along as we keep you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.